Hey, this is Montage Through Cinema, a podcast focused on bringing an honest and genuine opinion on films, film schools, and filmmaking. You might enjoy listening in if you like hearing college age film students and other artists give their say on films and film topics. Throughout the show, we'll talk about the film industry, films old and new, artists up and coming and well known, film techniques, and film theory. I'm your host, Aryan Bepur, and I'm currently a film major at Columbia College Chicago studying art, uh, cinema arts and science. I want to be a director and writer, and I'm a junior. I've created the show to inform you with an opinion on filmmaking. I don't see enough um, an opinion that's really truthful and genuine and upfront about film. An opinion that strives to educate but not dictate what is right and what is wrong. This will be the show's mantra. I hope it even becomes a cliche. Uh, to keep the show honest, I hope to bring guests with varying opinions and on topics we will be discussing. Today I've brought on Megan Humphrey, an aspiring screenwriter. She is currently a sophomore at DePaul University. Hi, I'm Megan. <laughs> I've brought in Mike Rapano, a junior at Columbia College Chicago. He is studying cinematography. He is also the media manager at our film school's Art House Film Club. Hey everybody. <laughs> and Taylor Hentrup. He's a senior transfer student at Columbia College Chicago. He is currently studying directing and editing. Uh, he is also the C Cult Cinema Club Vice President. How you doing everyone? And today's focus will be on what film majors think about their film schools. Uh, what kind of influences are getting people to go to film schools. But to get to there, we have to talk about uh, who is here today and why they're here today. And hopefully, based on our guests, we can kind of find an answer and form one. What does it mean to be a film major in 2018? And who is the modern film student? So I'm going to start with actually Taylor. Um, Taylor, tell me um, from the beginning how you kind of got into film and why you decided to get here. Well, it's kind of challenging to kind of place a target on who can make films of this generation of like a millennial age. Almost anyone can make a film. You look at YouTube or... Vimeo. A lot of people are making films nowadays, and I think for me it started, I had a blockbuster near my house. Mm -hmm. I went there like every weekend with my dad. I, we always went to pick up something, and over the years, I went there, rode my bike there, got stuff on my own, and from there I just kind of fell in love with film and cinema, and ever since then I've been making movies, editing movies, learning about movies, and here I am today at film school. Okay, Mike? Um, well, yeah, I, I suppose it was similar to Taylor. I uh, I don't know necessarily when it started, but I've I've always been fascinated by film. I've always loved film. I don't know that there's another medium that, um, in terms of expression, I think works to the degree that film does. Um, hold for train, everybody. That's a film term. Yeah. Welcome to day. Hold for train. We know film here. Um, yeah. Here in Chicago, you gotta hold for train a lot when you're making films. Hold for train a lot. And make sure to make a point of saying hold for train. So it's really interesting what you're saying, uh, Taylor, about Blockbuster, because I kind of yeah. forgot. Like, Blockbuster really got you into, like, films, because like, the title's there, it's like, you know, like, right in your face, you're walking around, you're a child, so, like, the, the titles and the posters are right in your face. It's a candy store. But I guess, even though Blockbuster has kind of, um, Dwindled. I think it's still like in the south a little bit. That there, there's bit. like eight left. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, I'm pretty sure. I think there's like four or five. There, there's maybe? videos. Yeah, there's videos online. There's like 
three yeah. in Alaska, but yeah. no one lives there, so. <laughs> but the weird thing Alaska is, like, yeah. large scale yeah, those three that are days. still there, I think it might not have been a blockbuster, but I know the YouTuber Chris Stockman did a video on it, and, like, one of the blockbusters, it might have been a different video store, had, like, a Pizza Hut window, like, next, like, the Pizza Hut was next to him, there was, like, a window where you can get pizza and then actually walk around. It was more like an experience and than a, a way of getting your film. The, the, getting the film was an experience. But it's interesting now, that's still a thing, but it's kind of like Netflix. Like yeah. It's kind of like more, instead of being physically there for like young, a younger generation, it's kind of like you, you're, you're still looking at the titles. The titles are still there, they're still tantalizing, but it's more like it's like through a computer screen, which... That's, that's changed, because um, there's a whole like era of filmmakers, even mm -hmm. arguably, I, even on his IMDb page, Paul Thomas Anderson grew up in this video segment of yeah. like, you can go to a store, get a video, see anything you want. And I, with Gen Z or whatever you want to call it. Are we uploading fragments yep, now? Here we're back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and you don't really see the, the video store generation. It's gone now, mm -hmm. which is, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for some people, but it's, it's just different for others now. There's, there's yeah. still a wide range of film and TV and just media in general that you can find online. All of it is online. Mm -hmm. There's Netflix, Amazon Prime, and even now Filmstruck has all these great yeah. titles. And anyone can see it now. It's even easier than it was at Blockbuster. Yeah. Which is weird because you're like you're you lose something but you gain something. So like, is it good or bad? I mean, I don't know if I if I was raised in like on like Netflix how it is now because you know Netflix was around when we were younger too. But if I was brought up when Netflix was a, a website based streaming service, like would I be as interested in film as? Because I actually didn't think about it. like Blockbuster did definitely like influence my um, how I got into film because I remember going there and like looking at the, the cases and being like oh my gosh like it's, it was like an event it was cool. But let's let's really fast go to Megan and talk about how you got into film. Um, at first I really was just into writing and I, for a while, I really wanted to be a journalist. And then I, like, really got into SNL and I got into, like, the whole, like, writing scripts, doing things, like, just scenes. I started out, like, just doing scenes and then I was like, I want to put, like, everything together and I want to make something bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that for a while and that was just kind of, like, the whole transition of, like, really just writing a lot and then you know turning it into something that I can actually like show somebody else or make or produce something like that. Mm -hmm. And you're mostly into comedy. Yeah. Comedy. comedy. Um, does the journalism ever kind of influence it or is it like is it like journalism can it be mixed with that comedy at all? I mean like do you mean like when I was initially like writing articles in journalism like was I like I mean, using that, that's or? not my question, but that, that's, that's an, if you have an answer to that. I one. think that's the reason that I transitioned into script writing mm -hmm. was because I found because myself writing more mm -hmm. like I was writing a scene or like some like in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really writing an article. I was writing a story rather. And mm -hmm. I was like, this doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do journalism. I'm going to do screenwriting. I, I actually had a very similar encounter because I uh, previously had a minor in journalism. It didn't work for me yeah. here at this school at Columbia because mm -hmm. I did work for the Chronicle and a lot oh. of it made it in. But some of the stories I had to work on, I, obviously they're not going to let you do whatever you want immediately. Yeah. But I had to write stories on like a marshmallow store opening opening <laughs> up or like some some comedy show at the I.O. that's open for like one night, which that's interesting. But mm -hmm. it, it's it's hard to pick and choose what you want to truly write about, and it's it's not because well, it's, it's also like journalism is so structured yeah. that I found it like. 
incredibly limiting. So like it's, it's a confining. Yeah. It's like a prison of your yeah. writing. It's exactly. it, it was kind of horrible for yeah. me. I, obviously, if, if I went into it more, maybe I'd find more enjoyment. Right. But at the surface level, yeah, I wasn't into it as much. Yeah, exactly. that's really interesting because I also am, <laughs> was in uh, journalism in high school, and I took journalism for like three years, and was a really bad editor for the oh. newspaper too. But in in that, uh, I was actually doing. Uh, I, I was I did literally two articles um, my sophomore not my is it yeah so, my second year in high school and basically I was like ah oh, I don't want to like I like writing about movies so then I started writing about movies mm -hmm. but I didn't like um, I kind of I do use reviews to like pick what movie I want to see but also I don't believe in writing movies too much because I think that. Um, it's like very subjective based on taste, based on you know your upbringing, based on what you're interested in. So like, how can you put a score on there? It's it's your own score, and I don't think people really understand that it's like this person's subjective view of film. So so I had actually I had a, a little bit of a feud with my um, principal on that. He really wanted me to give a grade to Anchorman to the mm -hmm. Legend of Rambo, whatever that one was called. Would you give that one? Like a seven. Okay. Which I mean like. Seven out of seven. I really one. I, I really liked Anchorman. 100%. I still really like Anchorman. Um, and I, I think that I mean, why why not read the review? Like I, I I write my review so you can read it and kind of see if it matches like lining up with what you think about movies too. And um, yeah, what uh what effect do you think um, dabbling sort? Because I I know a lot of people who who've been sort of introduced to film that way, they, they begin watching films and then they start writing reviews on like IMDb or something. What effect do you think that has um, when then you turn around and then decide to pursue this time? I can. Um, what I was saying is what what effect do you think approaching filmmaking from first, you know, before you necessarily delve into any of the technical areas, approaching it from a criti critical standpoint, in terms of like actually writing about film, mm -hmm. trying your best to approach it in that way for train everyone. All right. So to respond to you, Mike, I I actually think that it's great that Metacritic has a critic score and an audience score because like you can kind of see what like uh, I don't know who's putting up the 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 user scores. I don't know if they're you know film students. I don't know if they're parents. I don't I don't know who they are. But you can, it still helps you kind of like generalize like, oh, well, I like this film or not, and it, and it helps. And, and I think that, um, are you saying like by writing those, like even those small reviews for like IMDb, that's like helping people get into film, like and in, in raise so, interest in it? You know, say, say you're working for your high school paper. You don't yeah. necessarily have a film program at your high school. What I'm saying is the earliest form of education, I think, at least for the people I know and the, the, the generation I grew up with, tends to be, you know, seeing all the Oscar-nominated films and then and mm -hmm. writing up little reviews. Yeah. And you're, you know, reading about on the Hollywood Reporter, all this stuff. And then, you know, if you do decide to come to film school, that broadens a bit. But mm -hmm. I see a lot of that. Happening. What I've noticed is since, like I said, since anyone can almost talk about film and try and know about film, there's a lot of like hack internet reviewers that are showing up. Mm -hmm. Although you mentioned Chris Stuckman earlier, mm -hmm. and that's he's he's a he's a good example of anyone can just yeah. pull it up, regardless if he's smart or dumb. Mm -hmm. Anyone can really do that, and 
he has a very large audience and people see that he'll review Shape of Water, he'll yeah. review all of these things and some kid will go see like, oh, maybe I want to go see that too. And that that definitely leads into younger people wanting to get into film, the Oscar nominated films and all of this stuff to try and gain more of a knowledge on it. It's really interesting because going into film school, I'm like, I, I really was influenced by the Oscars and wanting to make an Oscar movie. That's that's what I want to do. I want to be on that stage with all the celebrities looking at me, and I wanted to be one of those people. And and you're right, it kind of broadens when you get into film school. You got to kind of get away from that because it's like a maybe it's like an even an unhealthy way of looking at um, your goals for filmmaking, you know. And I think it also kind of closes you in a box with writing too, um, but. You mentioned shortly about not having um, film classes in high school, or like we don't have them. Uh, to a large degree, yeah. To a large degree. Well, one interesting thing is I actually did have a, a, did a film class. <laughs> I only had a club. I didn't have a class. But we had a club like after, uh, on Mondays after mm -hmm. school, those, the teacher will show like Pan's Labyrinth or some like well-known, like yeah. bigger film for all the kids to see. But that's that's all we had. Uh, did that like help you get interested? Did that uh, no, because I was already interested by that point. I was like like in middle school, high school. I was already kind of into film at a, mm -hmm. at a large scale, and some of the film they they showed like Pacific Rim and <laughs> stuff. I I wasn't as interested. I, I yeah. saw I'd see that in like a movie theater or something. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to go to after school mm -hmm. and just wait and watch Pacific Rim. It's not it's not that extent. So we didn't have a lot. I did broadcasting stuff in my school for like the news. But that's that's all we had for high school. Yeah. Um, so for mine, it was um, actually screenwriting. Uh, it was a class on screenwriting, and that was pretty great because I mean, it taught me kind of what they teach you in screenwriting in a little bit here. I mean, so moving into uh, the college classes we take here, um, my I took screenwriting one uh, last semester, and I'm you know, in my junior year. And it was really interesting because um, it wasn't actually so much um, here's a formula for doing it. Uh, definitely it was kind of like uh, here is a structure that I want you to follow. Like you, you can't do like a horror movie or a, it was kind of more about a moment or I forgot what the exact. It, we were focusing on character dilemmas, but like other than that, it could be very varying about like anything. It can be set wherever besides like a fantastical you know, a planet. Um, but what was really interesting to me was that it a lot of classes that I took, like um, the 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 ones we had to take we, here in Columbia, to take two film classes that like totaled to like five hours in mm -hmm. the first semester. It's called Cinema Notebooks mm -hmm. and Image and Processing, Cinema Image and Processing, and those classes were very much um, like here are the basics, kind of. But then I, uh, so talking about film school, I kind of felt like a lot of other classes were like, here are the basics again. And um, like directing one felt that way too. Um, and so did kind of directing two for me. So, so did you guys feel that? Did you guys feel that it was like kind of like back to basics for like two years? Like a hundred percent. Even as a transfer student, I got to skip those notebooks mm -hmm. and yeah. images. And I still felt that. I still felt that in directing line. I think I still had to take acting directing workshop, which is, which is the the course before you're able to take directing one. Which at Columbia, it's the it's the big production yeah. class where you first start being on a big set 
and working with others. And it, some of the stuff that you learned in the class was helpful, but most of the knowledge that you're going to get out of those courses are actually being on the sets and getting the lingo and all of that stuff. But the knowledge that I actually gained in the classroom itself, it was back to basics, 100%. Mm -hmm. But that's what you expect when it's some of these people's first time ever being on a set. So it's expected almost. And, and even now, um, so Taylor and I were in our directing tomb. Now we're actually together in our scene study, which is the next um, directing class. It's called Scene Study with a Camera. And you kind of focus on writing um, just two scenes and making them as great as possible. And even in that class, it's not like here you can learn. It's more like, like here's an opportunity for you to learn. Or like it's, it's, it's kind here, of it's go learn here go yeah. learn do this and maybe you'll get something out of that hopefully yeah but I mean we we haven't finished taking a class but just what I've gotten from a sense of it it's really experience based and and um, so I, I want to talk about experience and um, Mike has taken cinematography route with his films right I mean so I, I have taken directing classes the the issue I find with them. Um, Largely, what was said already was there mm -hmm. is a lot of basics. I think the value in directing classes comes from your experience working with actors mm -hmm. or you know supposedly students who are uh, seriously interested in that because uh, up until then uh, it's it's generally you're working with friends, classmates, peers. Yeah. Um, the most valuable part I think of the directing classes, and I suppose even something you could get out of. If you were to take the theater route, I'd be interested to see, you know, what skills you could bring to something like that. Um, but why did you decide to do cinematography? Like, was that any, was that because of the... Largely, largely because I um, dislike the idea of uh, going down the directing route without touching anything else. I think mm -hmm. cinematography is one of the most dense programs here. It has some of the most incredible classes. I would argue that the, the school is essentially a cinematography Correct. school. Yeah, its best program is cinematography. I'd agree. I, I also think Columbia has the best. I mean, not the, uh, not, it doesn't have the best, it has its best major. I think so as well. I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's hard to testify to that, being, you know, looking in from the uh, inside, but... Um, There's three students that... I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... No, I found I found that what I've learned largely the most. Um, not only does it teach you um, a lot theory-wise and technical wise, technically wise, but when you do show up as a director in like directing two or something, if you've taken a good amount of cinematography classes, if you've if you've delved into that at all, mm -hmm. uh, even if you're not necessarily skilled at it. Um, you understand how to communicate with a cinematographer. You understand yeah. to a large extent, you know, how to articulate what you're saying rather than, you know, explaining, oh, this shot, I'm thinking something more blue. You know, you can, you can really go into detail. And, and so even to that, I think, like, even if you're so, you have so much stage fright, you should really try out, like, acting. And acting directing mm -hmm. workshop is kind of like that. You, you are an actor. For the final, you have to act and you have to direct. So you have to do two different things. And, um, and I think that that's great because you should, like you're saying, know what the cinematographer is. And that's kind of part of the class. I'm sorry, part of what I think you should do in uh, film school is like learn, like the, act personally how every um, job works as much as you can, really. Um, 
So, so Columbia is really good with cinematography, but like, what is the Paul's um, like? Strength? I mean, the classes that I'm taking right now, so I'm a transfer student. Mm -hmm. So, I went to uh, for my freshman my freshman year, I was in uh, Connecticut school. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking like all freshman classes right now. So everybody's like, oh, I want to be like a director, writer. You know, everybody wants to do the same thing. So. Um, basically, what I'm finding is that the classes, like the you know the basic classes that I'm taking, everybody wants to be a director. Mm. Everybody wants to do, like, be the person in charge. Mm -hmm. And there's like a couple people in my classes that I've been like connected with that are like, okay, we're gonna be writers, we're gonna work together. But like, everybody else is very much just like, I want to do everything, kind of. And yeah. it's, I think. I want to do everything as like their vision has to take over everything, or I want to do everything yeah. as in like I, I mean, want to do the, the sound. I mean, the people that I've that, worked yeah. with, um, so like for my projects and stuff, we you know yeah. we get like you know you get a writer, you get like a director, and then you get like an editor if like there's enough available. Because usually there's not many people that are like I just solely want to be an editor mm -hmm. that I found. Um, but I guess the people or the directors that I have worked with, like have wanted to do everything have wanted to be like no this is how you're going to write this or no this is how Jeez. you're going to like edit this it's kind of and it's do you think that's only a DePaul thing or is that like a... no I think that's that's very much like a worldwide thing that's that's here at Columbia as well 100% I see that all the time with a lot of other directing students that they, they try and take over everything yeah. they don't let anyone else have any other sort of mm -hmm. idea or vision whether or not they know more than the director yeah. too so it's it's challenging sometimes yeah. for people I think that kind of comes. It's a it's a weird place because that comes from, um, you like you want to have an outlet. Finally, you're in college and like for the first time you you want to like have a say in like your work as much as possible. You want to have actors that you can direct and cinematography and work with. And you kind of like overdo it a little bit, and then you kind of got to realize where to pull back and where to strengthen yourself. Because it, I mean, kind of having a, that having what can be called a strong vision can sometimes be a bad thing, sometimes in some regards be a good thing is finding out which one's which. Um, but but also like what about um, the amenities at the your college, DePaul? Um, is it like we have here in Columbia we have um, three stages at a building called sixteen hundred two or the media the media production center. Um, two, sorry. Mm -hmm. We also have that um, motion capture room. Oh yeah, that I have. Um, I have never, never that's used. Never been used. I've never used. Never used. Don't know how to use it. No one ever tells well, me. I believe their class is specific to. I think that's a CVFX thing, if I'm not mistaken. It, it's built to when people come and visit the school, they see that and yeah. think it's really that's cool. Fair. Yeah. I mean, here's my only my only criticism is that they showed like Taylor's saying they showed it like it would be a cool thing we'd be using and it's my junior spring year and I also don't think it's gonna I don't think I'm gonna be using it this year either it's it's a it's video game majors and VFX work mostly yeah. but it's definitely restricting that you don't even get the idea of being able yeah. to work on something like that yeah but um, we have that then we have uh, we have editing labs we have um, a, you know a lot of uh, well, the, the equipment rental here is kind of interesting. Um, do you you probably know more about me? Um, I kind of think it's a little limiting um, because, uh, and the thing is, of course, the the way I can see it from the college's point of view, they're trying to give the right equipment to the right people that have the know-how. But like, there's no way for them to know if 
like I do already have outside knowledge that I can use this camera or I can make a film that is as good as like a person in this grade. And, you know, there's, there's no way to really show how good you are. Even if you make a great film and show it to a, maybe, maybe that's a way to do it. Maybe you'd be like, hey, I want to like, but I think it's really, um, it's kind of in words. Like you have to take these classes and it has to be a word that they see and, and rather than a person. But how how do you feel about the Paul, and how do you feel about the what they what they kind of give you? I think uh, to some extent mm -hmm. we do have what Columbia has, mm -hmm. but I guess it's not as much of a film school as Columbia is. So I mean I wouldn't expect them to have the same things, but we do have you know for each like you know concentration we'll have like for like the like the. We have like uh, our CDM building, which is basically like the uh, media building mm. um, in the loop. It's like each floor will have something for every concentration. So like for us, we have like in the basement, we'll have like studios. And then like the next floor is like um, like editing, like editing rooms and stuff mm. like that. So we have things available to us, yeah. but it's not necessarily to the extent that Columbia has. So... Um, I heard this at a party from a DePaul student. Mm -hmm. um, it, I heard that you can actually rent out the studios mm -hmm. even as a freshman. So I did that actually. So technically, I'm like listed as freshman credits, but like I am a sophomore, yeah. so like I only have these credits from the school. Mm -hmm. So I'm not allowed the things that sophomores are allowed. Mm -hmm. And even as a freshman, I can get access to like the studios in the Loop and in Lincoln Park. Just like there's studios in the Loop. Yeah. Wow. In the basement. Yeah. So. And and also in Lincoln Park. Yeah. Okay. And um, have you seen you have you seen uh, Columbia's um, MPC Studios? No. Can you? Oh, that'd be great. For yeah. What kind? What are the DePaul stages kind of like? Because we have it's, we have sound stages. We have these yeah. big large rooms. And... So, it's kind of like uh, the one that I've used or that I've had to rent out is more of like. Um, everything's just like kind of like in sections in like one big room and you are like you have access to everything which is great but like it's not the kind of space that you would really want to like film something but like it's given to you because you know that's what they have so, NYU has similar um, yeah. things like that they have stages as well yeah. as NYU but they uh, some of the ones I've been to there mm -hmm. it's definitely like more of like sectioned off kind yeah. of areas and they're almost like pre-built rooms that mm -hmm. you can mess with and do yeah. more from there. You're sectioned off from things in, inside yeah. it. So it's not like here's, you have it now. It's like you can use all the lighting equipment, all yeah. the flats. Do you have flats in the, like, like wall, build, buildable walls and rooms? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. there's people though as, so like technically when you're a freshman, you're not able to like actually go and do that. You can go ask people to help you like that are like capable of doing that kind of stuff like in the cage they'll come in and they'll help you whatever but we also are able to use cinespace whenever we want What's which cinespace? is like uh i don't remember where it is it's i think a film it's south. studio on the west yeah, side but, but like they use that to shoot like some like indoor scenes for like chicago pd and like stuff like that it's like we can go rent that stuff out have you been i haven't been actually in the building but i'm around that area i intern at a place that's uh, a little by there. Um, it's it. It's that's. I, I really didn't know that about DePaul. That's really interesting that they're actually yeah. given access to. That so we can like take classes there. Like I know next quarter I need to take like a production class. Mm -hmm. That'll be at Cinespace. So that'll be really cool. Mm -hmm. But that's just like another thing that like they don't have at 
like in, on campus, but like they're giving you access to it, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, I also like one thing I like about, um, now let's talk about the people you meet in, in college. Mm -hmm. So the number one thing I, I like about being in film school is that I meet people that I really can't make films without. Like, um, for me personally, you know, I met um, a lot of supportive people that have helped me. I met Mike um, my freshman year, and he helped do sound in my film. And w like, we was posted on Facebook um, in the Columbia. Where, where did we post on Facebook? We saw it. Oh, I don't know. Like the Columbia Facebook page? It's, it was like, like class of 2018, 2019 yeah. kind of page where you can submit, like, come and help me out on this. or. And the interesting thing is... Uh, oh, where'd you find me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, f I saw a flyer, one of you guys' flyer, and then I just texted Con. <laughs> okay, all right. Like, hey, this, this is a neat flyer. Let me know if you need anything. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's pretty great. That's my experience with it. I don't know how how many other people have experiences like putting up flyers, but like all we did was, um, I believe Columbia has like maybe around five buildings in the loop, and we um, we we posted uh, mostly in the South Loop. We posted uh, flyers. We posted on Facebook, and we did get a lot of feedback, and a lot of people actually helped us with our film, which was great. And we knew probably less than even like I probably knew less than Mike. Um, while he was helping us out, it was really great. Um, and there's always people that are willing to help out. I think uh, Taylor's in my class for scene study, and we posted something yesterday on... Yeah, and well, we one got, of our classmates posted something about um, actors and mm -hmm. common audition at this time on Wednesday. And, and I don't know if it was an actor. It might have just been... An, it might have been an actor musical... An, an musical composer, or it might have been only musical composer, but somebody already posted and it was like last night at like really? 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even see that. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, like there's, there's people that are always willing to help out. I mean, there's things that are more like uh, valuable, like like a sound person is so valuable in uh, a film school because like sounds what will kill your film. But um, that's what's really um, valuable about going to film school. Kill your... So, so how do you guys, <laughs> how do you guys um, feel about that? How do you feel about the people you've met? Uh, that 100%. That's the best part of going to a film school. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of professionals. There's a lot of a lot of people that say film school is not necessary, and they can be right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they are right, mm -hmm. but the amount of knowledge that you gain just by being with other people and being with people you want to work with and just meeting friends and all of these different minds, it all melts together and it almost builds who you are as a filmmaker, as a writer, or an editor, or anything. And that's 100% the best thing that you can get at film school. And a great thing to point out is that having friends that are interested in film means that you're socializing about film and you're gaining knowledge from each other, like even in like time that you wouldn't think is like research time. Mm -hmm. It's just like it becomes fun to do. It becomes like, uh, you know, a, a different way of learning that you never thought would have been a way of learning. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think what I'd say is when you're not in film school and you don't, you come from a place that isn't, you know, film oriented. What you're largely doing is making films with your friends and having them, you know, praying that they help you out. I wouldn't say film school is wildly differently. different. The only thing is that your friends actually at this point uh, supposedly know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so you have, I, I, I don't necessarily think the structure is terribly different. I don't, you know, the, the mystique is that uh, you'll come to film school and then be assigned 
uh, you know, all, all these people, etc. But I think it is largely about just continuing to have a circle of friends, but in this case they do happen to be even more invested in, um, in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, to kind of go off what you were saying, I think it's very different. Basically, uh, going home over break, I noticed, versus coming back, because you're constantly surrounded for months by people that have devoted their life to film, and it's like, to go home and not have anybody there that like wants to continue talking about that is just like, I it's just like frustrating almost, because <laughs> it's like, you want to be able to talk to people about film and you want to be able to like, um, you know, go see a movie and then like have an in-depth conversation or like go to class and like be like, oh, like I thought of this idea, let's go work on this, like that kind of thing. But like, it's just, it's very different I found than like my friends back home versus my friends here. But I could actually flip that as well. Um, say you do come from like a, a small Midwestern town where nobody is <laughs> in the business or whatever. The fact that you've even made even a, you know, a yeah. video is amazing. You're the talk of the town, you know, it's like young up and coming next Spielberg for this filmmaker. And then you come to film school and you realize, oh, there are a lot of people that can do that. There is a new standard that I have, you know, you're going to have to set for yourself. The, the more, the more knowledgeable, the more um, talented, passionate people you meet, uh, the further you're going to have to push yourself. Um, and so that, that I thought was a huge reality check, especially uh, my first year here, I would actually meet people who would tell me that my work was bad. So, oh, you know, that's that's, that's huge. <laughs> you need that, I think. I still get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one thing we can talk about. Um, how do you feel about the classes that you get feedback? And because we are in a class now, scene study, where I really feel like I'm going to get great feedback on my work, and that will make me a better artist. The the thing is, even me, I at one time couldn't take criticism the correct way. I would, I would um, have like a backlash if someone had, and I'd defend. And I feel like you know people still do that, but um, maybe it was the months of working at a restaurant and listening to people that are crazy. Uh, but but also I I think that that's one thing I personally miss a lot and have only now gained is like constructive criticism that will help me get better. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, the class I'm in with you, Scene yeah. Study, 100%, I feel, I feel better when I go in there because if something is horrible, they'll get torn to, shred, torn to shreds. And mm -hmm. it's the most impersonal, non-harsh way to get your criticism. Because any time I feel that something's been criticized yet, uh, Mike's going for the peanuts right now. Going trying to make sound. But anytime, no, I disagree. I'm trying to make a lot of sound. Something um, that I noticed. Something that I've noticed in the later uh, section of being here now, being in almost my senior year now, mm -hmm. um, I definitely get a lot more constructive criticism, mm -hmm. as opposed to with the earlier sec section of my film school career. It'll, a lot of the feedback you'll get is, "Oh, that was that was pretty good. I liked this and that." Of like, of like, they liked one shot of your yeah. ten-minute film, yeah. and what does that what does that mean? That, does the rest of it just suck? Then I, yeah. I want to know that. And sometimes you don't get that, and sometimes you do. It all depends where you are and mm -hmm. who you're with, essentially. And with our with our scene study class, 
Um, the person who runs it definitely gives me a good idea of what they want mm. from your films, and I like that. I, I know what to expect when getting criticism back, and from the rest of the class as well. Mm -hmm. And the thing about criticism, it's like, you gotta know when to take it and when it's not going with your vision. You gotta know when to stand your ground. But to what you're saying about, uh, I just remembered, um, my foundation classes, well, you, take, you take two classes with the same people. Um, I think there's a way you don't have to do that, but mm -hmm. for me, I took two classes with the same group of people, um, like 18 people. And <laughs> the criticism there was funny. No, it was like we'd show maybe you know, nine projects, and then three of them, no one would say a word. Yeah, you know, it's good. They'll say like one thing about one shot here. And then one film did like one thing and, and somebody actually speaks to them like, I, I didn't like the editing. And then they just trashed that film mm -hmm. for like, like horribly for some reason because the first film you, they actually can criticize. It's a, flood, it's a floodgate of criticism essentially that people don't know when to say things. Some, some people yeah. clamp up and they're like, yeah. I don't know. But then one person will say something and they're like, oh yeah, I didn't like that. Oh yeah, the, this, this sucked and this mm -hmm. sucked. Being with the same group of people for two years in a row or two classes in a row, mm. that could be hit or miss. Mm. I can tell. I've never had that experience myself, but it could. You could be with some of the greatest people you ever meet here, and you'll love to work with them forever. Or you're stuck with a crappy group of kids that they'll give you bad criticism. They don't even really care about mm -hmm. film in general, and it's it's hit or miss. So, mm -hmm. how was your experience good with that? Or? My experience with that was just it was very weird. You know, as I said, it was like it was like nothing, or they would trash it, and they'd always mm -hmm. pick like one project out of like the nine to trash. And it, it, I noticed it because it happened several times in that class, and I, I think that you know one thing to learn in film school is communicating and being able to articulate your thoughts, and that's really important. You know, and that was one thing. I think maybe I was ahead of maybe slightly, um, but also you know I I wish that I got the you know communication back because it would only to me it would only make me better. The problem is like some people don't take it well and it's and it can be kind of like awkward in that case. How how do you feel about it? Um, well, what I think is the most difficult thing, or one of the most difficult things, um, if you're trying to be an artist of any sort, is to strike a balance on on the spectrum that I see. Um, with criticism, which is, you know, either you'll shut yourself off and any criticism of your film is born out of ignorance, uh, you know, something, somebody doesn't understand what you were trying to do, um, but you were right to do it. And then at the other side of the spectrum is you were so impressionable that any criticism of your f project is going to alter the way you make projects. And I think trying to find the balance between those. <laughs> you know, even it's almost impossible to know when you found it. Is what I'm what I'm trying to have get. Have you at. noticed an example of? Because it's interesting what you're bringing up. Have you noticed an example where someone has taken the criticism, but sometimes it's not like the correct criticism for their work? So I I see a lot of examples when we will, let's say, do multiple cuts of a film, mm -hmm. um, within a class, and and you know I. I I don't want to point anyone out in particular, but it, it it has to do with someone will hear a criticism that necessarily they don't agree with, you know, and and you can tell they're they're adamant about that disagreement, um, but you know, for purposes of the class, I suppose that you know they'll they'll, they'll change it, see how it plays, and I th I think there's nothing wrong with seeing how something plays, but what worries me is is the end, the other side of the spectrum having really no 
ground to stand on. Uh, you know, it, I think certain things are going to work with some people and, and not with others, and, and mm -hmm. you have to determine to what extent you're going to be impressionable. It's really interesting. Plug the clubs. Okay, so what do you what do you think about that? Then? I think for me, it's it's much different than what the three of you guys have kind of been through with mm -hmm. criticism. Just because you know, I'm just kind of starting out to like get criticism not only from other people but from professors that know of, like about film. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's very similar to what you were saying in your like foundations classes, where it's it's everybody's kind of scared to say something, and then. Once somebody does say something, it's like all like attacking everybody. But I guess for me, I think I've found that I really connected with like my screenwriting teacher this past quarter. Mm -hmm. So I would just be constantly creating scenes or like scripts or ideas that I thought of, and I would just give them to him, and I would you know take his criticism because that was kind of the only. I guess source that I found would be like reliable in, in like this situation that I've been in so far just because you know I'm in classes with freshmen that are just starting out so they're not really I wouldn't say that I'm like not going to take their criticism but I think that it's it's better to have criticism from somebody that's more experienced mm -hmm. because you know just yeah I mean makes um, sense. but I think that even someone more experienced will will sometimes try to criticize to keep your original vision, but try yeah. to refine it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But so I found that a lot of my work has not been criticized fairly. Fairly, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. But there's like sometimes like a weird like revenge thing. Like if you criticize like something, like if it's like a class where no one criticizes yeah. anything, you yeah. might be like, "Here's like a impartial criticism," and then someone will, and then it will become. Not that. And yeah. We'll give you a stink eye and <laughs> yeah, and they'll just say stuff about your film. It's funny, but um, I definitely think that um, you should find this balance that Mike was talking about. Um, now I kind of want to talk about um, pathways in, in film uh, in film schools because there's like different types of like methods you can take to kind of try to get in the industry. Um, like for instance, there's like internships. Like someone will try to do a lot of internships get a job and like for instance we have a rental place here called the cage you know trying to get a job there getting on a lot of film sets um trying to pa on a lot of um which is kind of like similar like to an internship but paing uh being a production assistant on um either a studio film or a tv show because uh chicago has like three big tv shows here maybe four actually because of chicago pd um so the, and then there's like the route where which I took, which was to make a lot of films and just fail over and over again. <laughs> um, and then there's um, there's I mean I, there's a varying degrees to those things, but like what what type of way are you going about getting into the industry and going while going through film school? For me, it's it's definitely internship stuff. Over the summer, I'm going to be interning on the Jimmy Fallon show. Oh wow! So wow. so I'll be in New York City for that. But it's but I I also think that I I don't like just PR or like internship on all these things that may or may not lead somewhere. So mm -hmm. I definitely want to make more, be on more sets, and get to know more people as opposed to some production company that may or may not do something ever at any point. But definitely focus on that but there needs to be a mix of the two almost mm -hmm. of being able to be on your own sets 
working with others and then interning on end of business. Um, what do you think, Mike? Um, well, I would say it has to do with whether you're looking to, or you can do both, obviously, but whether your goal is to be employed or your goal is to, you know, learn to a, a substantial extent in terms of like overall filmmaking. If um, you know, if you're if if you are looking to be employed in the film business in terms of having more or less a steady job, I mean that's a weird thing to say even in context to um, to what we're talking about. But there are um, visible, clear steps you can take to do that. But you have to sort of find a niche that you can focus in. You can't. You're not going to be employed as a filmmaker. You're not going to. <laughs> get a job, you know, making a film every one or two years. You know, that's something you have to do yourself, take initiative um, to do yourself. Something I, I sort of tell myself is, is you don't necessarily make films to make money. You make money so that you can go out and make films. Yeah. So you could, do, you, you could do that without having necessarily a position in the film business at all. Mm -hmm. um, but it's something that I'm, I, I love enough and I, I'm interested enough that I always want to have that foot in the door. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what so route have you So taken? in terms of the just being employed, you know, something I'm really interested in uh, uh, lately is, is doing assistant camera work. And it's mm -hmm. something I've done for a few uh, student productions um, I've done for friends of mine. And I really enjoy that aspect of it. I hope I'm not necessarily doing that till the day I die. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really do enjoy that, and that's something I find that you know I, I enjoy working to improve at, and and um, I think I could use to sustain sort of my influence within the film world as mm -hmm. I'm also doing other projects, etc. So, um, are you like planning on maybe hopefully being a cinematographer, filmmaker by like thirty, or like? Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping uh, initially to be to get a job somewhere as a rental technician, like at a, a, a rental house somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully the natural outgrowth of that is, is some work on sets. But again, that's sporadic and, and it's something you have to hold down one or two other jobs um, to make happen. But no, I, th I think that's, that's my foot in the door sort of thing. I don't necessarily want to be a cinematographer. Um, mm -hmm. I value learning about that, especially about all departments, but Cinematography, especially. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking. What I'm looking to do is make some of my own projects, but that's that's something at this point I don't even consider part of a career of any sort. You know, it's it's just something. Yeah. Again, it's something I make money to go off and do. Mm -hmm. Really. Um, I think. Well, my plans right now, I think, are to get as many internships as possible solely to do you know because I want to be able to get to know people everybody's always saying like in this industry you know it's about who you know you know you have to make connections to be able to do what you want to do um, so I think internships even just being on set being with other people that are doing what I want to do is something that I think I need to start out doing mm -hmm. um, so this summer I think I'm hopefully will get an internship um, but also just, I think one of my like biggest dreams would be to be like an NBC page 
out of like graduate school um, in New York just because so many writers have been able to like get that job and meet people and then you know all the while producing work and then once they get to that point they're like here's everything that I have how can you help me mm -hmm. you know and I think that's that's like trial and error I guess of what people have done and like some people have done that some people have just kind of tried to email people and say like here's my stuff please yeah. read my stuff which yeah. is another route but I think that for me I want to be able to have an internship and learn while also on the side write like what I want to write. Mm -hmm. so, so what do you think is a realistic like trajectory that you might take? For like the next couple of years or like what do you mean? Oh uh, yeah for the next couple of years um, I make maybe for the next like, decade what do you think it's gonna be like? I think it's gonna be a lot of me doing like collaboration work. Yeah so um Hopefully, I definitely want to do a lot of collaboration work with other people, and mm -hmm. then, um, you know, as time goes on, I definitely want to get a job, even at the bottom, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to move to, I know this is so cliche, but like LA or, or New York, mm -hmm. which is kind of, it, it's, it's not cliche. I mean, it's, it's, it's where the jobs are, but it's where the jobs are. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I definitely, 100% see myself moving to one of those two places mm. and then eventually you know getting a job somewhere small or somewhere big but a small job mm -hmm. is what I mean and then working my way up I guess like what I said before who you know kind of thing all the while making do you think in a decade you'd be writing oh uh, I would like to think so yeah mm -hmm. what about you do you think in a decade you'd be directing your own yeah, 100%. Uh, I want to live in New York mm. as well. That's where I. That's where. That's my dream at the moment to be yeah. there. Mm. But in in a decade from now, for where I am right now, 100%. 100%. 100%. um also, I want to go to New York, but I I chose Chicago as like a stepping stone because I'm from Philadelphia originally, and I wanted to like have Chicago and then and then New York. But did you decide to? <laughs> did you decide to? Um, uh, Come to Chicago because you live here. I'm from, well. I'm from the the nice suburbs of Detroit. Okay. So I yeah, I've been so I've been to Chicago a million times, mm -hmm. much more than I've been to New York. Mm -hmm. um, I applied to places in New York, but I I don't think my grades were good enough out of high school to get into like places like NYU. And not even just that, it is really expensive. Yeah. To go there it's immediately. So some people can, some people can't. Mm -hmm. And I I like Chicago, and I like. I like the look of it, and I, I already knew a couple people here, so like I'd love to go here. So when I when I asked you if you think in a decade you'd be making your, you, you mean, was that when you said yes? Do you mean that you'd make a feature film in it in the next decade? Uh, probably less than a decade, a feature okay. film. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know where I would be specifically mm -hmm. place in mm -hmm. a decade, but I know I'm still going to be working in the film industry yeah. regardless if I'm doing a if I'm editing work mm -hmm. or writing for someone or directing. Do you, uh, Mike? Do you think that you'd be making a feature film in the next decade? That's I think as immediately after I get out of school, really? I'm going wow. to be working I, like, on I have something. some more ideas. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, again, I don't think if you're asking whether I'm going to be an established writer director in ten years, I'm asking about mm -hmm. just making. Free. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else there would be for me to do. You know, outside uh, once once you leave college, I think that's that's where my trajectory is going. I think. Um, I also had the idea that when I came here, I wanted to 
go either to New York or LA afterward. Mm -hmm. um, but what I realized, in accordance with the, um, the the sort of idea that I wasn't, I was no longer really looking at filmmaking as a career mm -hmm. and more as something I wanted to do on my own time. Um, I realized that it it would sort of depend on the project that I was working at, on. Um, because you don't just go to LA and and immediately you know you're swept up in this machine and you become um, whatever you want to become you know it's it, LA is a, is a is a machine you know it'll eat you up and spit you out you know mm -hmm. but um, so I think my trajectory is going to depend on the specifics of the project mm -hmm. um, so I'm actually thinking about staying. Chicago um, a little while longer until something like that gets off the ground and takes me somewhere else and that could be anywhere really um, and it depends on the project if I end up in LA at any point for any reason you know that that's great and I'd, I'd love to live there at some point um, I'd, lo I'd love to be a part of that community etc but um, but to answer the original question yeah I think right out, out of college. That's what I'm going to be at least pursuing. Whether or not that takes, it's going to get anywhere in 10 years is another question, but I will definitely be working on it. And do you mean in the next 10 years you think you'll like write a feature? Is that even what you want to do? Or do you want to be part of like SNL and writing? I think as of right now, I connect more with writing sketches, mm -hmm. and writing shorts and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think I definitely, want to write a feature film i think that's like something that i've always wanted to do mm -hmm. but right now that's like what i'm focusing on mm -hmm. so yeah in the future i definitely am going to yeah so the route the route by the way that i oh, went hello. i went down was that i wanted to <laughs> make as many films as possible and um basically the 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 strengths and the weaknesses weaknesses um you end up filling a lot of your time you put classes behind sometimes um i made a project every semester um, besides last semester, I think I have made one outside of class every time. Um, last last semester I didn't, um, but but basically you you put aside school projects, even film school projects for for this kind of route that I took, and you focus on your personal projects. And the the strengths to that is that you you know you make a lot of films, you get a lot of experience from your from what you want to be, like I, I directed and wrote, so I'm getting a lot of writing experience, getting a lot of directing experience, but also I even missed out on being on, um, being a crew for other people's films and meeting more people. I, I, I think I'm really behind, uh, I can add, I test to, I'm behind Mike for how many people I know and can work with. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but, but still, you know, it, strength, it, it strengthens who I do know and who I do work with and um but it doesn't even like really for me personally it doesn't even really help my portfolio too much like i have made a film that is considered a feature right now it's like an hour and 10 minutes um but you know it, that's not really to me from what i've spoken to about my professors it's not really something that someone will be looking for when they want to hire you that you made a feature it's not really so important i mean yeah maybe Maybe it might make a difference to somebody, but it matters how good the feature is. It matters how good your shorts are. It matters um, how much quality you can put into something. I think if I could go back, um, I would make. Um, I, I don't, you know, of course, I don't want to like 
erase what I've done, but if I could go back, I would actually, um, I would make one really great um, 10 minute short film. That's what I would do. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to say I'd remove the aardvark because that's the, the feature film I did because I, you know, I love that story. Um, but, but just in all these things, there's different weaknesses, there's different strengths, and it's kind of about finding your own pathway in college and if it's even the route you want to go. You don't have to go for film school. You, you can completely just write and you can get a job at any place. You can get a good paying job, bad paying job. You can write in your free time. Um, the great thing about college is that you don't really have to pay people. Um, you don't have to pay people for the hours they work. They kind of are willing to do it. And they're, you know, as long as you kind of feed them if it's like really long hours, that's, I think it's being fair. Um, anyway, that's the end of our podcast, Montage, Montage Through Cinema. That's like the name that. of this podcast. <laughs> with, wait, Montage Through Cinema with Arian Bepford <laughs> is, is the official, official name for it. Um, so, thank you so much, Taylor. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Okay, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me, Arian, and thanks for the peanuts. Uh, <laughs> thank you for eating them during the podcast. And thank you so much, Megan. Just sitting here. It's great being here. <laughs> yeah. Just loved it. All right, thank you so much for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.